Hi everyone, welcome back to Child of. I just want to apologize for the lack of a new episode last week. I was really mentally fatigued from moving. Um, moving is really physically taxing, but I think with this specific move, I felt more of the mental and spiritual ramifications more poignantly. It's strange sleeping in a new place, even if you're excited about it and knowing that you won't be going back to what was so familiar for so long. I have kind of a love-hate relationship with moving. It's exciting, but it's also sad. And I think I just needed some time to really rest after all the chaos and allow my emotions to process in their own time. Interestingly enough, during this time, my oldest brother asked to meet up for coffee, which is virtually unheard of. We have done this, I think, once before. I believe it was six years ago when we had coffee, and I've seen him maybe three or four times since then. Part of that is from my own choosing and uh, not attending holidays where my narcissistic father is present uh, due to my desire to remain no contact, Um, but also because I've never really known my brother. He moved out when I was 18, and I was just four years old. Um, My only real memory of him was one (laughs) that he bought me a rat for, I think it was like my fifth or sixth birthday, and that was like, I was really impressed by the fact that he got me an animal. But my only other memory of him as a kid was um, standing in the kitchen and like looking up at him because he was really tall. Other than that, not a whole lot of memories. Um, And there's a big age gap in my family because my parents decided to wait for 10 years between having my older brother and sister and having my other brother and myself. Also, let's be honest, being raised by a narcissist, especially a covert narcissist, did not create the best environment for cultivating love and trust within our family. So when my brother texted me and asked if I wanted to get coffee, I was like in this mindset of this isn't actually going to happen because he's flaked out on me a lot before or he sent me like weird texts and I like ask him what he means and then he never responds to me. And it's really odd So I was just, I really had zero expectation. Also, keep in mind, uh, this brother, um, he has worked for my father for years and years and years in the family business. My dad is a, um, what do you call it? A Finnish carpenter. There we go. Anyhow, because of the fact that he's had such close contact with my dad, I haven't really trusted him very much, although um, from what I've known over the years, he, out of all of the kids that my parents had, out of all my siblings, he actually has the closest personality to me. He's more melancholy, more introverted, uh, more artistic. Anyhow, when he texted me, I was expecting myself to like get really anxious because most of the contact that I have with my family causes me to like starts to sweat or I have like IBS symptoms. I've been told that even my voice gets like deeper when I am around my family or especially with my father. And I didn't even realize that, but uh, someone close to me told me that I like clench my jaw and my voice drops like 
really low. And all these things are just symptoms of not feeling safe, feeling vulnerable around people that you know are not afraid of wounding you, not afraid and actually excited, it seems at times, to hurt your feelings or to make you feel unsafe. And that is specifically why I have chosen to not have any contact with my dad because he is the ringleader of all of this. He is the narcissist, the one that I specifically don't trust. And with choosing that, I have not had much contact with the rest of my family, which is sad, but it's something that I have had to come to terms with. And in the long run, I think that it's actually been really healthy for me because it's allowed me to get away from all of the drama, all of the pain, all of the hurt, and just get into a space where I can analyze everything, look over my life, figure out what I need to fix, and actually be able to fix it without constantly looking over my shoulder trying to figure out when I'm going to be wounded next. Anyhow, so getting a text from him was really surprising, and I was waiting for my body to respond. And then it did in a little, like in a small way, but not in the like massive way that it used to. And I was like really happy. I did some breath work and I was like just in a a space of acceptance. Whatever happens, happens. If he does end up wanting to get coffee with me, I will make time for him um, as long as it's just the two of us. So I told him what time and what day I would be free and kind of left it in his ballpark as to what he wanted to do, if he was actually going to follow through this time or not, and just kind of removed myself from it, you know, like not not getting attached to the idea and not playing over scenarios in my head, which is something I've struggled with a lot in the past, is, is going into a situation having rehearsed 135 different ways that it could go. Um, I really worked on keeping my mind in check and not overthinking any aspect of what was going to happen or, or even if it would happen. He did end up texting me back and we ended up meeting on a Saturday. It was rainy. It was like one o'clock and we met at a, a local cafe and I spent a lot of time in prayer before I met him. I read the Bible. I just wanted to go in a a really like deep sense of peace and not have my ego present whatsoever. I think the only thing that I was really nervous about was I didn't know what we were going to be able to talk about because he's not really... I don't think that he understands that my father's a narcissist or he hasn't come to terms with his abuse. And so talking about that is kind of like, it's not okay. So I was at peace with knowing that I wasn't going to be able to talk about those things. And I was okay with that. Um, I figure there are a million other things that we could talk about. I was just hoping that we weren't going to like have a boring conversation about like um, what we do for a living. <laughs> that was my worst fear was that we were going to talk about jobs, which is such a far cry from where I usually am emotionally, spiritually, physically when I have had interactions with family in the past. And I think it's such a testament to taking time to really work on yourself, love yourself, create boundaries in your life, and really come into a place of integrity with yourself. 
this has been a huge thing for me is to trust myself to know that if something goes wrong i will stand up for myself i can leave a situation i know where my boundaries are and if someone crosses them i can let them know that they did that and if they don't care i can leave it's knowing and trusting yourself enough to be in a situation where things might actually not be great, but knowing that you can handle it. It's taken me a long time to get to this place. Um, Many more years than I anticipated or desired for it to take. It is a continual process, and I'm really proud of how far I've come Because the fact that I was able to sit across from a person who's a member of my family and remain calm, keep eye contact, and have an honest heart-to-heart conversation that may not have been all things that I wanted to talk about, but I was okay with, with talking about things that he wanted to talk about and listening to him and just being, I guess, a sister, which is strange because it's been a long time since I have been around family. And I left the the coffee date with my brother fairly at peace. I mean, I was a little bit sweaty, I'll be honest. I, I do still get nervous. Um, but I would have been that nervous meeting up with anyone that I hadn't seen in that long. It wasn't specific to him. And that was nice. I I enjoyed our conversation. We talked a lot about God and we even talked about politics and a lot of different things. And it was really actually very peaceful. If I had come into this same situation five years ago, it would have looked a lot different. Not necessarily because he was different, but because I was still operating, um, I would say, as a wounded animal. It was very difficult for me to go into any sort of conversation with my family, knowing how wounded I was, how vulnerable I felt, and and not lash out in pain. Know that five years ago, I would have wanted desperately for him to validate what I had been through when it wasn't necessarily something that he could validate and it was something that only I could deal with on my own. I kind of imagine it like being in a fist fight with someone and they punch you repeatedly in the face and your face swells up. And for a long time, it's swollen, it turns different colors, and it's really painful to the touch. So in the case of emotional abuse and narcissistic abuse, there are different parts of you that are really swollen, really bruised, really painful to the touch. And five years ago, anything that touched me made me cry, made me just you know, get really defensive and want to protect myself. And I needed to protect myself because I was really, really wounded. And it takes a while for the swelling to go down, the bruises to heal. And then at some point, the things that used to really make you defensive and want to safeguard yourself, they don't have that effect on you anymore. And you're able to just hold your own and be strong and understand that you're safe and you can protect yourself. Part of that also is just learning self-defense and that could be physical for you or that could just be emotional in the form of boundaries and knowing what is okay for you and what isn't. Also one thing that I've been working on a lot 
recently, and I've mentioned this before, is not really caring what other people think. To an extent, obviously, you don't want to, like, be out there, you know, like, causing damage and just not care, but I don't let it run my life anymore. I don't let it occupy all of my thoughts from dawn to dusk, and that has really paid off. That work really paid off with this encounter because... I wasn't thinking, oh, I wonder like what he thinks of me. I wonder if he thinks that I'm smart. I wonder if he thinks that I'm stupid. I wonder if he thinks, you know, God knows what. And I wasn't, I wasn't obsessing over that. I didn't care if he thought I was smart or if he thought I was like a cool sister or, you know, whatever. It just didn't matter to me. The only thing that mattered to me was showing up honestly and authentically and being calm and not allowing my ego to have any part in our conversation. I share this with you guys because I want you to understand that that this is, at least for me, this is the goal of going no contact, is to be able to start at some point, maybe years and years in the future, but at some point to have some sort of a relationship with maybe individual people in your family, probably not your narcissistic parent, Although things can change, you never know, but to heal yourself in a way that you can come back authentically and from a place of strength. As children of narcissists, we may never have the kind of relationships that other families can have, but that doesn't mean that we can't have relationships with our family. It's obviously going to take a lot of healing on our part, especially if they're not doing the work, um, especially if they're in denial or just don't want to talk about it, it's okay. You just have to distance yourself from it. You have to do the work for yourself and you have to understand where they're coming from and be at peace with that. You can't make choices for other people. You can't make other people change. All you can do is change yourself, set your boundaries and and truly take it one day at a time. You never know how things are going to change or progress and you have to be open to the possibility of relationship. Um, I would not suggest being totally closed off to it unless that person is abusive. Yes. Set your boundaries. um, Go no contact with people who continue to abuse you. That is, I'm adamant about that, but know that as you change, other people have the same potential for change and that's totally in their playing field. They have to choose that for themselves, but know that it may happen. It may not, but it may. I'm sitting here right now at two o'clock in the afternoon. It's been uh, two weeks, I think, since I had coffee with my brother, and I'm aware that we may not see each other for a year, two years, but I'm okay with that, and I am thankful for the time that we have had together. The more you heal, at least in my experience, the more you kind of let go of all your expectations and your desire to try to control life or other people. And while there is a time to to dig in deep and to share the truth with others, there is also a time that you need to just allow people to grow on their own and to find truth in their own way. I just want you all to know from someone who's been there that change can happen in so many ways. We're taught not to believe it. We're taught that change is not possible, but it is. I've changed. 
I've grown from abused child of a narcissistic father to a survivor, a woman on a journey of healing and self-awareness, someone with confidence and integrity who's able to set boundaries and allow others to live on their own terms. Healing isn't just something that I talk about here on Child Of, it's something I'm active in. And I hope that these stories help you to, t- to take more steps, to have hope that in five years you will be stronger and more unafraid than ever, no longer bruised or swollen on the inside, no longer needing anyone else's validation, just able to be, to hold your own because you have done the hard work to get there. That's all for this week. As always, I'd love to hear your stories. If you're in a similar situation with a sibling or you have a narcissistic parent that you're struggling with, both of my Instagrams are linked in the podcast bio. I would be honored to get to know you better. Also, if you're new here, episodes are out every Tuesday. I hope you all have a peace-filled week. I will talk to you all next time.